four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by The Simpsons Quotes that nobody gets anymore, Facebook page, and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. It's the end of season two, so it's time for the annual, not, is it the annual wrap-up? It doesn't... Well, uh, we, we'll do it more often than annually. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's... What is there, 22-odd weeks per season, so it's like a bi-annual wrap party. How long do we take off? No time. <laughs> everyone, like, everyone, everyone just went, <gasps> <gasps> what? <laughs> well, we're not just going to do like we did for season one where we just did a basic wrap-up and spoke shit. Basically, we're going to do the top ten moments of season two. I'm going to do my top five. Mitch is going to do his top five. Combine them to make the four-finger discount top ten. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be trying to figure out what exactly what my top five is on the fly because I sat down and went, right, need to do a top five. I've written down 24 things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got top five moments and one notable mention, basically, one that deserves to be in there, but I, didn't, I couldn't quite get it into my top five moments. Okay. You know the thing that, th- uh, firstly, threw me... I don't know if threw me is the right word, but what I really noticed is just how far back season two goes. Even though we've only been yeah. doing this, I was like, holy shit, Bart gets an F. Simpson right, we're all the way back there again. Yeah. yeah like that. It's amazing how this far down the road, that almost feels like season one to me. Because we said last week that you know it, hasn't, it felt like it's gone quicker than season one, but then I looked at it and I'm like, Simpson and Delilah, I can't even remember doing a review on yeah. that one. That seems like forever ago, but yeah, so it was fun though, wasn't it? It was. It was really great to watch The Simpsons evolve throughout season two, and I feel like by the time they got to the end of it, that they've really locked down what they're going to be and moving forward. And it's amazing how much more polished the animation became, the performances became, the writing, everything just leapt so dramatically in what would have been a really short period of time. Like, you imagine all of those different moving parts to make that show, and the production time, you know, what, four or five months maybe for a season. Yeah, basically. And from month one through to month three, it's phenomenal how much they all jumped ahead. And because they developed all the sub-characters, not all of them, but some of them, like Mr. Burns, Smithers, Principal Skinner, and mm. opened the doors for so much more extravagant storylines, didn't it? It did. And obviously, that just leads it into so many places that we know it's going to go in the future seasons. Uh, Skinner, for me, was definitely one of the biggest ones because in season one, he was background... At best, he would have two or three lines in the episodes he was in, whereas here, they devoted an entire episode to him in Principal Charming. And I think we said in that review, but it just gave Harry so much more time to actually play around with that character. And I think, again, with the writers, it gave them more of an opportunity to realise just what they could do and, and how f- much comedy they can milk out of this guy, rather than him just being a kind of stiff-shirt principal. Do you think, though, I'm just reflecting now, did they really do much with Skinner after that episode, though? Yeah, well... What other episodes you know what? was he more... I don't think... If they hadn't have done Principal Charming, I don't know if they could have done the episode of um, Bart being the hall monitor. That's not in this one. No, it's not in the season, but I mean future Oh, seasons. okay. So, you're saying setting up for the future seasons. I thought yeah. you meant for this season. I was like, what? No, no, I no. missed that one. <laughs> I think Mr. Burns was probably the most established in this season for me. Mm. Particularly Smithers as well, because Smithers, he went from being a dick to... As they sort of explained why he's a bit of a dick. Yeah. You know? And, his love for his boss. And then in the very final episode, Blood Feud, he's actually the nicest one going around. Yeah. Like he, he's the only sort of sensible one that reigns Burns in. It was really nice as well, I think, to see the softer sides of Burns in this episode. And again, like any villain, it doesn't work as well when they're a one-note villain. In Two Cars in Every Garage and Three Eyes in Every Fish, we see him really upset about the idea of losing the plant. Like yeah. he's, you know, he's crying and you kind of get that pride... In his work, as much as he loves his money and as much as he's greedy, you start to see that there are some other elements to him that drive him. Like, what makes a 
an 81-year-old or a 102-year-old, depending on who you're asking, what makes him go into work every day and continue to, you know, commit his life to this thing? And then, again, in Blood Feud, you see that kind of softer side as he thinks he's dying and, you know, wanting to take down the epitaph and that sort of thing. So, even a brush with greatness, you see that little... You see the fragility of him, which is, yeah, as you said, he's probably one of the ones where he's highlighted more than any other throughout. They definitely started the running gag, too, of him not remembering Homer's name. Yeah. Simpson, eh? Yeah. Every time he sees him, he's like, who are you? And all of the great gags of him just making references that are impossibly old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which we saw in uh, well, when he goes over to Homer's house to watch the fight, talking about a fighter that, you know, was 1920 or something yeah. along those lines. The thing about season two is watching The Simpsons evolve, it sort of made me think, we've evolved as well. Because when I'm sitting there editing, it's so much more enjoyable now to edit. I don't have to do as much work. I've got my levels a little bit better than I used to. You, you control the arms better. Yeah. Well, I've been making a conscious effort on that. And we were going to... We thought that now's as good as time as any to share something with the listeners. <laughs> and I didn't do this to be a dick, by the way. No, I've put my hand up. Although, <laughs> the first time you told me about it, you're like, hey, check this out. Listen to how bad you are. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it like that, though. But no, we wanted to... We do feel that we've become a lot more polished throughout this show uh, in much the same way that The Simpsons have become more polished. But I were more than happy, as you guys are aware, to embarrass myself for the sake of entertainment. So, we would like to cast our minds back a little bit. <laughs> do you even remember when this was from? I can tell, I can look it up and see when I did it. But okay. It was during season two, towards the start of season two. Okay. Yeah. So, we'd been doing the show for maybe three months or I'd so? I'd say about two months ago-ish. Yeah. And I, well, let's just say I was a little rusty. It was because when you were really thinking about something, you sort of used um as your way to bridge the gap because you didn't want to leave silence. Mm. So, and I do it all the time as well. You, you, you have this little... It's a very common vocal thing yeah, just people in real life do. You have a trait because you're like, I don't want to leave dead air, but something has to be there. So, it's like, um... Yeah. And you don't realise you're doing it until and you it, go back and listen. You're like, oh, okay, I say it a lot. And in normal conversation, that's fine. But in real life, it's awful. And yeah. I, I'll pick up on it when I'm watching sportsmen in like a press conference or something. But, uh, but uh, I hate the but uh, that's the sports guys one. Yeah, exactly. Leighton Hewitt was awful for it. Yeah. He would have um every two or three words. That was a deliberate um there, by yeah. the way. This could... <laughs> work myself into a bit of a loop. Where as long as you don't use like all the time, hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey Ash, <laughs> love you. Uh, whoops. <laughs> but anyway, alright, let's play the clip before I get myself into, into more trouble. Um, it started with uh, Tom and I uh, were making some short films a little while ago under our uh, moniker Pantsless Magic Productions. Um, That's why I nearly threw the towel in. <laughs> <laughs> One day, I, I saw an email on Dando's just, you know, calling... It, it, it was it was a draft for recruitment for this show, and I thought <laughs> I, I was like, so when are we getting the third host? And he kind of looked at me blankly. What do you mean? <laughs> well, forwarded that to you. <laughs> but all the jokes aside, I'm just no, it, no, no jokes. Oh, we're gonna have jokes. No, we're keeping our jokes. Yes, but I I just love the fact of how much the show itself has just grown in season two. The community. Well, I, won't, I won't lie. In season one, we're happy to get 150 to 300 downloads. We're now the, getting more the first than 10- couple. Yeah. episodes yeah we're now happy to we're getting more than 10 times that now like it's amazing yeah it, for for two guys with no profile whatsoever it's it's pretty cool to see the way that that's been growing and it's only continuing to grow as it goes along so if you're listening to this and there are ways that you know you, again you're kind of thinking how can i support the show here's another one that we haven't actually asked for yet if you either happen to run a business or know someone that runs a business that could benefit from an audience that are engaged in pop culture in The Simpsons. So, I suppose it would be if you're selling merchandise or something along those lines, maybe an online store, get them to get in contact with us and we'll see if we can discuss some sort of promotion because 
the, at the rate that this show is growing, we're going to have a, a pretty decent yeah. size audience soon. Like, I, I want to try and be humble in, in when I'm saying this, and, and you know, we're going to have millions in two months, but it, it's it's pretty exciting, and we'll make sure that we come up with some good deals for people. And, and for our point of view, again, the more that we can get that, the more that we can actually provide good content for you guys. The key to it, too, is that the listeners are the ones out there it's like the gorilla effect. They're just out there, you know, just promoting it to everybody, sharing it with their friends. We're getting so many messages now saying, hey, I told my friend about you guys and they're loving it. They're subscribed. Yeah. That's I the, think that's Susie's uh, racked up two in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like much, but it is to us. Because then that friend tells two people and then that friend tells 10 people. What's that cleaning products like Enyo? Enyo, never heard of it. I just think of Mr. Sheen whenever I, th- I think of cleaning products. I think Enyo is a mop. <laughs> but it'd be, it'd be one of those things where- it's gathering things up. It's, you know, I sell one to you and then you throw an Enyo party. Yes. It, yeah. Well, let's get into our top 10 moments of Simpsons Season 2. Do you want to kick things off with your number 5, Mitch? Uh, yes. All right. You have a very big list there. You're just going to be winging it. Winging it what I did was I ran through every episode and tried to pick my favorite bit out of every episode. Oh, that's, that's what I did too, yeah. Uh, a couple of episodes, I was like, eh, none of these really have moments that I'll put in the top five. Yeah, a couple were like that. I, a few of them I've written down here, not so much because they were top moments, but because they're things that you can just take with you throughout future life. Yep. Say, for example, you and I had a hit of golf the other day, and over your first, first putt, you looked at me and just went, tree falling in the woods, tree yeah. falling in the woods. <laughs> I'm going to kick off number five with one fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish, yep. with a come on, Google me, as a oh, good quote. Great, great moment. Yeah. Uh, but just the dramatic poise of that ending, the way that that... Not the very ending where he's just sitting there eating pork rinds. So, so which moment of the episode is Sitting this? in the couch when the tape cassette yep. just drops out of his hand. Yeah. There's so, a really, really poignant moment. Well, you think he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. You legitimately think he's dead. And then, <laughs> like and then Marge finding him. Yeah. yeah. It, it was. I think we commented at the time that it was so stark. Just I think as a kid, the gravity of it didn't hit me. Had I watched that episode for the first time as an adult, I'd, I'd, it would have blown my mind. Well, my number five is more of a comedic one. One that I just love because it's, a f- it's the fish out of water scenario. It's Homer and Burns having fun at the baseball in Dancing Homer. Yeah, nice. I just love the, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's just, I just love how, like, Australians, we love sport. And I love how sport, you can not have an enemy per se, but you can have someone that you don't like so much. But if you follow the same football team, you just, you're best mates at yeah. the game. Like, you can go to a, an AFL game or any sporting event. And if you follow the same team, you are friends with that person. They can be perfect strangers. Yeah. I still remember the single best high five that I've ever received in my life came from someone that I'd never met at the football. And it, was it was just because someone kicked a goal or something? It was or? a really, really tight game. It was less than a goal in it. One of our players took a really great defensive mark and that iced the, um, iced the win for us. And yeah, it was wet, so there was a lot of space and I was there on my own at that particular moment. So I was just up looking for anyone and someone else like just turned and our eyes locked and we just went for it. it was- I, I remember the 2009 grand final. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. When Paul Chapman kicked the goal to put Geelong in front when there was two minutes left or something or mm. not, many, not much time left, I embraced a fat man who was crying. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a moment, man. Josh Hunt? Just- <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, so that's I just love that the... Mr. Burns seeing him, like we said, they that's another version of our character development where we see him being a normal person, yeah. just hanging out at the baseball with Homer, having a great time. Hmm. But then as soon as Homer starts dancing, he goes straight back to being Mr. Burns again. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I just love the, the oh, 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 and then laughing <laughs> and just calling out names of the baseball players. It's just a great moment. So nice. yeah, my number five. My number four, I'm going to go with 
I, I feel like I've you, I've probably not got enough of the comedy in my list. But uh, number four, there's a line that I think sums up Bart very well in Bart versus Thanksgiving. Yep. And not only Bart, people in general who continuously fuck things up, uh, either deliberately or not deliberately. I think I know what it is, yeah. It's when he's saying to Lisa, I don't know why I did it and I don't know why I'll do it again. Like, he knows he's going to do it again, despite the fact that he knows it's the wrong thing. It's just that he knows, I can't stop. Yep. Uh, and I think that, is that, that when they're on the roof, yeah, yeah, it's a really kind of poignant line that if you were going to pick one particular scene that kind of encapsulates Bart's character, it's that that he does feel bad about it, but at the same time he knows that he kind of enjoys it. It's just a really good moment of Bart's character was already pretty well locked down even from season one, but this just kind of really rams it home as to as to what this kid is. It's a great overall scene as well on the roof. They didn't do enough of it. Really I, nice brother, about it. brother and Lisa, uh, brother and Lisa, brother yeah. and sister bonding. That, yeah, yeah. It, it, some of the best moments come when they band together, and yeah. particularly as much as it. Oh well, it happened in um in with Krusty being framed. Whenever Bart and Lisa work together to solve something, it, it it's always makes for some of the strongest episodes. Well, my number four comes from Bart gets hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And it's when Homer says to Marge, I don't think I love you anymore. Ah, yeah, man. And Marge says, look into my eyes. And just nothing is spoken at that point. But the look on Marge's face, I think when you've genuinely, as lame as this sounds, when you've genuinely found someone that you are in love with, that moment, man, has so much more impact to you. So Marge doesn't look like a cartoon in that moment. No. For for that very reason. That's not a cartoon moment. Oh, man, you can relate to it, you know? I agree that if you have, if if you're in love or you've been in love, that when you look at that, you don't see her. You you're projecting onto that image whoever it is that you're in love with. Your wife. And that's yeah. what makes that so powerful. It's so well drawn. It's, yeah, yeah uh, it's an incredible moment. My number three. Now this is one. It's, it's only one line, but I mean it's the whole thing, and it's also from Buck gets hit by a car. It's just Lionel Hutz and everything that he says in that particular episode. Um, the one that I've come up with that kind of for me summed it up, and it's one of the first ways that you see how dodgy and awful of a lawyer he is. It's when Marge says, I'm sorry, I've just always been taught if you can't say something nice about someone, don't say anything at all. Will that hold up in court? (laughs) No, I've tried it before. (laughs) Such a great boat. It's the the sound of his voice like, oh, God, we're screwed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We we could play all of the clips. I like the, Mark, can you roll your eyes in the back of your head like this? (laughs) Kids are pro. (laughs) Is it natural? Kids are pro. I think it is pro. pro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's a great moment. Well, it's... It's pretty much just it's the episode, but yeah, yeah, yeah. My number three comes from Bart the Daredevil. Yeah. And it's not the gorge jump. Okay. Don't worry. It's when Bart and Homer both find or see the Truckosaurus ad on the TV and then run home to embrace about it. Yeah, nice. Remember, it's just, it reminds me of like my dad and I with the wrestling. I don't have too much in common with my dad, but when it comes to wrestling, we just get so excited and it's just that one thing we can bond about and that, that moment reminds me of that. Yeah. And it's just a really great father-son moment. Yeah. Just, it's just the... They look at it, they stop talking. They, don't, yeah. they, they just know. They both do it the same way. They yeah. both run out. Yeah. <laughs> they say goodbye to anyone, just run out. Yeah. And it's just, Truckosaurus. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's a great moment for me, number three. Yeah, that's a, that, that is a pretty goddamn great. I was just thinking then of just the, the times of, you know, Homer running around town and Simpson and Delilah just popped into my head as well. Yeah. With the, uh, right, it's like, good morning, Moe's Tavern. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's the, Demoxino. Yeah. yeah, 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 just two girls. The, just the yeah. way they squint at each other <laughs> yeah. is hilarious. Uh, so, what are we up to? Number two. Yes. I'm going to throw you off here. Okay. My number two is Mr. Bergstrom at the train station. Oh, okay. I know that you would have penciled me in for having that as number one. Yeah. Well, considering you've 
you gave it the best episode. Of and, all time. and overall, I stand by that. It is still the best episode of yep, all time. It is pretty, um, pretty damn good. But on the whole, I think you'll find that the other moment that I have is if you were to condense down 45 seconds, the next one that I'm going to have okay. is still my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's... Christ, we've we've spoke about this for a good twenty minutes. I think just that that one scene is so touching and so powerful, and applies to everybody again. Like they they did it and continue to do so many times throughout the show. It just find moments that are bigger than what the show is. Like this is why it became larger than life because they kept tapping into elements that were larger than life. The simplicity of it as well, just the note. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's just a great moment. My number two. Comes from an earlier episode. Bart's dog gets an F. Okay, and it's the ending when Santa's little helper finally becomes yep. smart. Not smart, but finally yep. starts to get it. It's just the Bart. Just because you don't understand, blah blah, sit. Yeah, but it's it's not even so much that point. It's the the lead up to that part, but still in that scene where he's like, "I'm going to miss you, boy. I thought we we're going to be friends forever." Yeah. When you're a dog lover, you can't having, help but tear up when he says having that. to say goodbye to a dog. Like, is awful. Like you, you put yourself in the same shoes, and you're like, I would not want to do that. No, you know? it's just, and because that happened to me when I was younger, when my dog Sophie was just, and that's the photo over there. She was, but my my first dog that was mine. She was really naughty, and then I got given the ultimatum: if she doesn't straighten up, we're gonna have to get rid of her. And which was fair enough because she was naughty, and then she just became good. She, like she just grew out of it, and it's just. I remember that moment in my life, and I connected it with that moment in Bart's dog getting F. And it's such a feel-good moment, too. Mm. When he finally gets it, you're like, yes, because you don't think it's going to happen. And I guess there's really, they hadn't given any reason for it not to happen, in that Santa's little helper was just a dog. At the, like, yeah. when I say just a dog, like, obviously it's the family dog, but by the same token, would it really have hurt the show if the dog had disappeared? Like, they wouldn't, it wouldn't have affected anything. He'd always just been there before that episode, but after that episode, I suppose in the first, the, the pilot, you, you, you fall in love with the dog a bit, but he's not really bit. mentioned since then. Yeah. But after that episode, you have, you, you like the dog. But anyway, Despite the fact that he destroyed all those shoes. Yeah. You forget about that. I like him for Because he can sit. <laughs> yeah. That's my number two. Cool. My number one. Ooh, what is it? It's Carl. I, I, ha- I had it here. Either going to be Carl's. Yeah. No. That scene or the, um, the- or the Lisa substitute. I love it. I am oh, nature's greatest miracle. Go ahead, say it. I I deserve this. Trust me, Homer. I deserve this. Take a step and say it. I deserve this. Louder! <laughs> <laughs> it is great. And the, the, the slap yeah. in the ass? Yeah, yeah. Go get him, tiger. I'll need, three weeks voca- I'll need three weeks vacation and moving expenses. You got it, buddy! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go shopping. Everything he does, I just love. And I love that voice. I love how, you know, we, again, we spoke about it so much. But there are so many quotes from that episode that I just remember. And every time, they come to me so often. If I'm ever in a clothing store, it's just that a man's suit should cry out to the world. Here I am. Don't judge me. Love me. Yeah, I- do any of these suits do that? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that episode symbolizes why I love doing this podcast. Because before I reviewed it, I never thought highly of it. Yeah. I never really went back and watched it. I was like, yeah, it's the one where Homer gets hair. I completely sort of pushed off to the side how great the character of Carl was. Yeah. Being an adult watching it now, it's like, man, what was I missing out on? Everybody needs a Carl in their life. Yeah, they need someone that makes them believe in themselves, that just just wants to do good for them. Yeah. But my number one comes from Lisa Substitute. Mm -hmm. And it's not the train station. It's when Homer Homer has to win back Lisa. Ah, uh, yeah, fair enough. I was, I was going to say Homer touching the static electricity thing and just his two bits of hair floating <laughs> up. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's the everyone that's important to me is under this roof. Yeah, 
we mentioned it earlier. We've already mentioned it before. When he kicks the um, what's it called? The oh, the, the music box. Yeah. So when he knocks the music box and it starts cueing the music, and mm. they really they spend the whole episode making you dislike Homer, but he wins you back just like that. And yeah, those are moments that really show just why The Simpsons is the greatest cartoon of all time because that is a moment that you'd never, ever see in a cartoon. Yeah. It has such emotion. That's a great screenwriting technique that if you have just a nice person being nice, that's one thing. But when you have someone who's been a jerk and then they be nice, it just... Something about human emotion, it just grabs hold of you. And I guess because it's unexpected or I guess that we just like to see someone soften that... It's amazing how quickly people will forgive a fictional character for being an asshole if they do something nice. It doesn't happen that way in real life. If you've been an asshole forever and you do one nice thing, you'll find that people just go, yeah, great, but what about everything else? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, to me, it's such a real moment, but obviously, by itself, it's good. But with the setup that the Lisa Substitute episode gives it, mm. it's amazing, to me, anyway. It's just yep. the, the table scene just before it, yeah. where Lisa causing the baboon and Marge is like, there's a... Little girl upstairs who has lost faith in her father, and Homer at that moment is just like, "I know, right? I, I know, I have to do it." And then fo- following that that moment that I just said, when he wins back Bart or helps Bart get over the fact that he didn't become class president, and he tucks Maggie and is like, "Don't say a word. Yep. I'm on a roll of my life. Let's yep. just go to bed." Yeah, yeah. I love that moment. So that's my favorite moment of season two. Cool. But also, we have honourable mentions. Did you want to get one out of the way first? Maybe, maybe just throw out a couple that you had okay. as well. You know, there's one thing that I'd actually forgotten to mention in our review of Blood Feud that yeah. just popped into my head then, and it's a great line from Lisa that shows... Well, actually, I'll, I'll say what the line is and then talk about what yeah, it yeah, means. Yeah. Uh, it's after Bart's posted a letter, and Homer realises that it's going to destroy things, and Bart says, they always said I would ruin the family, but I never believed them. And Lisa's reply to that is, nobody believed it, Bart. We were just trying to scare you. Yeah. <laughs> It's the fact that she said we were just trying to scare you rather than they were just trying yeah. to scare you. I love the fact that Lisa, as the eight-year-old, is in on it with the parents. Yeah. Like, that. yeah, that was a moment that really, without her being pretentiously adult, showed her as being very adult. Yeah. And, yeah, that was a, a great little Lisa line. And we, we really skipped over that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah I, I'd completely... For, I'd had written down and I'd just completely forgotten to actually bring it up. So, what's your notable mention? Uh, notable mention... Well, look, we have Couple to... Couple of them. Yeah. We have to point out Springfield Gorge. We've both probably just left that off because it's so iconic. Let's, we didn't want to be think obvious. Of five moments now that are the most iconic moments of season two. That's a bit different. So, we've got the okay. Gorge. I'd say the Homer getting revealed. The car. Yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe Bart crying at the end of... I say the exact same thing. Bart, Bart gets an F. Yep. Bart yep. gets an F. I kiss the teacher. Yep. Mr. Burns naked in the bath, or coming or the, out of or coming the painting, out of the shower, yeah, yeah, or the, or the, the painting yep, in general, yep. and Mount Splashmore. Yeah, Mount Splashmore is definitely iconic. I was also going to say the way we was, which for me is an honourable. That's mention. my notable mention. Yeah, the, the I'm going to hug you and kiss you and never let you go. That's my notable mention because it's just too good to not be in my top five. Yeah, you know? but I couldn't quite get it in there, so I had to give it a mention. Just for balance, I was sort of the same. I was like, oh, it's so goddamn good, but I've also got enough sweet stuff. That's <laughs> what I that's what I, I needed some comedic stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that pretty well sums it up as far as the really iconic moments and it forever kind of enduring images that you remember throughout. Maybe I'll also just throw in Patty's lips as they lock with Skinner through the fisheye lens of a peephole in the door. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Scarred me for life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's a good wrap up of season two. I'm really looking forward to season three. There are some fucking ripper episodes coming up, man. Yeah, me too. So obviously we we kick off with Stark Raving Dad, yeah. which you mentioned. And I think Bart the Murderer is in season three. Radio Bart. Um, oh, that's, that's season three of Seinfeld. That's uh, that's the wrong show. That's the other podcast we're going to start doing. <laughs> we are, there's been a lot of people asking for it. 
So what, what episodes are we most looking forward to in season three? Give us a list up here. Uh, Stark Raving Dad. Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. I'm yeah, you're really to, looking forward to that one, aren't you? It's because I, I just love Jimmy Stewart films. And yep. uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is a really, really good damn movie. But there's so much political humor in Mrs. Lisa. Uh, you do it do every it time. time. I'm going to leave that in. You do it every time. There's so much <laughs> political humor in Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. And the you work fast. I work for Uncle Sam. Yeah. When Flanders Failed, I'd be interested in, because I haven't watched that. Neither. God, probably since I was 10. And I've chosen not to go back and watch them until it's time for the review, just so I get that effect of yeah, watching it again for the first time in so many years. Yeah. yeah. That one, I probably remember less about that than any other episode in season three, so I'm really looking forward to that. Lisa's Pony, I don't remember too much either. I remember Homer has to get the job to afford the pony, but that's yeah, about it. I remember a bit about that one. Uh, the writing instructor also teaching you, like giving you lessons in pronunciation. Father, you've made uh, me the happiest yeah. girl that's ever lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Saturdays of Thunder, I'm looking forward to because that's a good Homer and Bart yep. episode. Homer at the Bat. Oh, uh, that's going to be. That's fantastic. what I'm looking forward to. That one right there. And I'll tell you what, guys, if you like Homer at the Bat. And you haven't watched The Natural? Have you ever watched The Natural? No, I okay. Before we watch Homer at the Bat, you and I need to sit down and watch The Natural with Robert Redford. Because you know the whole... Is it a take on that, is it? There are many elements, yes. It's kind of like your classic American sports film, just the riffraff. Kind of. Together. So, The Natural is about... Well, Robert Redford is just this freak of a baseballer. Um, he's, you know, a gun pitcher at the beginning. He has his own bat that he carved from a tree that was struck by lightning. Ah, so that that's bit Homer's, yeah. is Homer's thing. Yep. Then he is shot early on, disappears for ages. Then he comes back to play minor league ball as like a... Or maybe he was major league, I don't remember. But he comes back as like a 35-year-old rookie. But he, Emilio Estevez in the Mighty Ducks? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but he just crushes everything. And it's, it's a real... You know the kind of whole famous thing of baseball getting hit into the lights and the lights exploding? Yeah. That comes from the natural. Oh, okay, cool. How, how long ago was this made? 80s? Uh, that's a really good question. It might have even been... It's really hard to tell whenever a Robert Redford movie was made because Robert Redford Never has ages. looked 55 since he was 20 yeah. <laughs> and still now looks 55. I'm uh, just looking through the rest of season three. Going to be honest... It's 84. A, okay, 84. Yeah. It's not a great deal of like iconic episodes. But still good ones. So, for example, like... Bart the Lover? Yeah, that, yeah, but is that iconic? You know what I mean? Like, when I say iconic, I'm talking about Marge versus the Monorail. Like, Homer at the Bat. That's an iconic episode. Mm. That's one that people talk about a lot. You know one that stands out for me a lot as a... Maybe it's only a personal memory, if not spoken about, is the separate vocations. I was about to say separate vocations, yeah. There's a few things in that. The... Huh. They only come out at night. Yeah. The amount of times I've said that whenever I've seen someone crazy, even if it's the middle of the day, it's just a good quote to pull out if someone's doing something weird. I just like when characters are taking out of their comfort zones per se, where they just get them doing things you don't normally see them doing. So, Lisa being the naughty one, but being good at something. It's some, sort of like when Homer was uh, dancing Homer. He mm. was good at it. And he didn't screw it up because he was bad at it. He just They just didn't embrace him in Capital City. Yeah. Where in separate vocations, Bart just sacrifices himself because so, he knows Lisa is going to actually get somewhere where he probably won't. So, he yeah. sacrifices being a hall monitor for her own for good. For her to be able yeah. to get somewhere, yeah. So, that's a great moment. I, I, I love her. What are you rebelling against? What are you got? <laughs> Lisa with attitude's pretty damn cool. Radio Bart, I, that's pretty iconic. And Burns yeah. for Coffin to Craftwork. That's yeah. iconic as well for the chocolate scene. The land yeah. of chocolate. The land yeah. of chocolate. Flaming Moe's. Fuck, how did I miss that? Flaming yeah, Moe's. Flaming Moe's is in there. Okay, I, I, stand, I stand corrected. This is a great scene. I'm looking forward to getting back to the Otto show because I haven't watched that one in a really long time as what well. What about like Father Like Clown? I love the Spinal Tap. 
yeah. cameo. Yeah, like Father, like Clown. Uh, I think I mentioned that in our last episode is, is really great. So, there's going to be a lot going on. Bart's friend falls in love. Yep. I feel like Bart's friend falls in love is going to have a lot in common with the way Tom felt when I started going out with Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the episode here? I'm looking to listen now. Doc of Death. Yeah, well, the episode here... One with an untwistable stomach. That I think I've watched probably three times in my life, I think. And Mm -hmm. it hasn't been for at least 15 years. I haven't seen this. It's Colonel Homer. I have not watched that in a long, long time. Right, Maybe since before I was a teenager was the last time I watched it. Wow, that's... that's Look, I've... I probably know that episode more through the soundtrack now than I do through having watched it, but Just I the, feel like it's pretty familiar to me. Yeah, I, but I don't that remember said, much at all. It's also, yeah, it's probably one that watching now I'm going to pick up on a lot more, particularly musical references, because I knew fuck all about music when I was a teenager. You know why I'm excited for that one, though? It's because I'm going to feel like I'm watching it for the first time. Mm. You don't get to do that much with The Simpsons because we've seen them so many goddamn times, but these older episodes... You think, I haven't watched this 15 years. I'm not going to remember much at all. You remember the gist of it. Yeah. But it's going to feel like you're just watching it for the first time again. I can't wait to do Colonel Homer because of that. Yeah, it's going to be cool. But yeah, that's pretty much what I'm looking forward to season three. It's going to be so much fun. There's twenty Now, you said last episode, 24 episodes. This season has 24 episodes. Ah, well, there we are. Now, we asked you guys last week, do you want to hear a review on Deadpool? Mm. And we had a few people sending through, so... More than a few. Yes. Very overwhelming response. So... I'm Pretty much what everyone has said is, as long as it doesn't interfere with us talking about The Simpsons on our regular podcast, they are happy for us to talk about anything else on top of that as well. So, we figured we'll just whack it at the end of this one. We so. will. And we've also had a call out for a, f- the, for a future review, um, Batman versus Superman. Yeah. If they really want that to be... Uh, well, a couple of people have asked for us to do that. It seems like people want us to do a pop culture podcast. And I would genuinely be interested in doing that. Mm. If the time allows... If, a, if the time allows, and B, we still need to, as much we mentioned before, that the audience is growing on this show, but we still need it to be at a bigger point before it we can be launch something separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Deadpool, your first thoughts on the movie. Fucking what were you going into it? What did you think? You hilarious. Could- Look, I Deadpool's been promoted so heavily that it would have been impossible not to walk in and, know, and not know what to expect. Yep. And it delivered in spades. I guess my biggest fear was, you know, I are all the funniest moments going to be in the trailer, mm-hmm. which is probably a fear for most comedies that I've been into over the last few years. And Usually I, is the I case would, for most movies. I would very much call Deadpool a co- an action comedy. But no, like it, it... I mean, it delivered on all those jokes. The trailer was cut really well in that even the jokes that were in the trailer, for the most part, were then used differently in the film. Or there was an extra line or something thrown in there. So, yep, yep. even the stuff that was familiar still felt fresh as I was watching it. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, perfect casting, perfect well, delivery, is, he perfect is Deadpool, everything. Basically, yeah, that's his comedy. That's that's pretty much what he can do, and that's it. Yeah, but it works well. Yeah, and it was a great kind of palate cleanser for for all of the comic book movies that we've had over the last few years. Your I, thoughts? I wasn't a huge fan on TJ Miller. Oh, really? I felt like he was funny. But there were certain points where I was like, oh, do you need this gag to keep going on? Like the part where he's saying, you look like this, you look like that. I'm like, just fucking get on with the movie. It, it gets to a point with me where I'm like, okay, that's funny. Yeah, I know he looks like that too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he looks like that. Oh, yeah, and that fucking move on with it. Like that's that guy's style of comedy. That's all he did throughout the whole fucking movie. Did you see his Super Bowl commercial? No. It's the exact same thing. He's talking to this little orange thing on a bar. And it's like, you look like this. Yeah, well, you look like this. Well, you, it's the exact same fucking thing as yeah, the Deadpool right. scene. I actually haven't seen any of the Super Bowl commercials throughout this, or from this year, apart from a few of the movie spots. Yeah. Uh, but 
look, I, I can take that on board. I thought that it, in this particular movie, it actually fit okay. It did and fit well, for but, me, but it was it because I, a little bit, I yeah. really enjoyed the um, the chemistry that he and Reynolds had. So, I wanted them to be sharing as much screen time yeah. as possible. A lot of the time in movies, I'll be with you on that particular criticism. This one, I didn't have too much of a, an issue with. But uh, particularly, I thought the lines were all very funny, which is what helped. Like, yeah. as much as, yeah, move on. But they all hit the mark. Had they pushed it one or too many, or like you throw in a couple that aren't very funny, and then you go, oh, fuck, this is starting to annoy me. But yeah. I was laughing at all of them, so okay. I didn't really judge it too much. With me, I think a couple of the points, I sort of felt like they were just writing in quip. Like every Deadpool line had to end with a joke or a sarcastic comment. But in a movie sense, it's it was like annoying. But then you think, okay, well, but that's what the Deadpool comic is. Everything's yeah. a smart-ass quip. So it's very true to the comic. Yeah. But I got a bit over it at certain points. Yeah. I was like, but you know. It's, it, that's exactly what it should have been, though. Yeah. But, you know, it's just me. Colossus was surprisingly funny. He really good. They, yeah, they I didn't really expect milked, to be like that. Yeah, yeah, no, they milked that character very, very well. Yeah. And just this gentle giant that, yeah. that plays perfectly against the mayhem of Deadpool. I like when he's, the chick's boo pops out. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. oh cover yeah. <laughs> in the In the middle of a fight. I'm like, why are you covering it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of, of uh, Marina? How do you say Marina Baccarin? Baccarin? The chick that plays his, his girlfriend. The, the girlfriend? I yeah. think she did a fine job. Yeah. Hmm. She plays the whore from Firefly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you seen Firefly? Uh, no. Do it. I'm sorry to... All, I'm sure... I, I just heard the sound of <gasps> of USB sticks dropping everywhere <laughs> and pencils and calculators. Uh, you need to check out Firefly immediately. Man claims he's a nerd. Hasn't yeah. even seen all of Joss Whedon's work five times. <laughs> But yeah, overall, uh, the, probably the best comic book movie I've seen since Iron Man. In regards to being true to the comic and commercial appeal, this is a movie that people our age have been wanting. It was the most original for a long time, but yeah. I definitely give you that. The, the people our age, it uh, American studios have this massive fear of not making for them NC seventeen movies or you know movies where they don't get to get twelve year olds in because they lose out on ticket sales, but there are enough adults out there that will pay to go and watch movies if you make movies for them. Like, no matter who you're making a movie for, you'll find an audience. And if it means that you have to have a smaller budget, which Deadpool did, that's fine. You'll still make a fucking huge profit. Special effects were fucking great, I thought. They were, yeah. They're just, you know, there's less of them. Very violent. You know, you know when you usually see someone get shot, their heads don't usually explode like that in, in yeah, that's superhero true. movies, you know? I was like... Holy Jesus. Yeah, like, it, it had like a kick-ass kind of quality about yeah. it, which is another movie that made a fuck ton of money, or Kingsman made yeah. a shitload of money. So, I, I do like the trend of having some really good kind of violent films that we can go and watch, that it's not it's not necessarily just for shock value or grotesque value or anything along those lines, but sometimes violence is cathartic, to, to quote Tarantino from the interview that we were watching the other day. But yes, yeah, so I, I really kind of enjoyed that more adult sensibility about it. And it didn't feel gratuitous or tacked on or anything like that. It wasn't patronising. No. Right? And some of the special effects, like the opening credits sequence, Very good. that was amazing. So if you haven't seen the film, it's basically a freeze frame of the opening sequence with a camera panning and all the way... Like a Matrix style. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like full-on bullet time with the camera moving in and out of a car and around a car and some great jokes in there as well. Like the opening titles didn't actually, or the opening credits didn't actually give anyone's name. It yeah. was, you know, starring um, an English villain and, yeah. and a C- an entirely CGI character and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I like the, we mentioned it on the podcast last week, the Sexiest Man Alive comic, uh, yeah. magazine, sorry, in the yeah. car, just stuff like that. 
I also did appreciate, we also mentioned this in the last episode, uh, Oh, you, your boyfriend probably said this was a superhero movie. Yeah, and every you saw every girl in the cinema go, "Yep, yeah, yep, that's what happened." <laughs> but I think, well, Nicola enjoyed the movie. Did Ash enjoy the movie? She did. I told Ash what it was going to be beforehand, but yeah, she she had, had no she idea had going in. Um, she enjoyed Ryan Reynolds very, very much. Yeah, <laughs> I loved the montage of sex on different holidays to the song "I'm Gonna Love You Every Day of the Week" or whatever it was. Like, so when he's first kind of when he and his girlfriend are, are first meeting. Oh, so and it's different parts of the year. They're yeah, wearing yeah, different exactly. costumes and whatnot. So yeah, like, yeah. you know, on Valentine's Day and... Um, Halloween. Halloween, uh, International Women's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a fucking funny scene. Yeah. Like, that that moment there, some people have said this, that is, you know, basically Van Wilder. That montage could not be more Van Wilder if it tried. Yeah. But, yeah, and it's just really, really funny music in the background, if you were paying attention to it, about, yeah, loving you every day. I thought the scene that really made you believe in the character and relate, not relate to him, but wanted to succeed was when he was getting tortured mm. because he just kept, he kept accepting it and accepting it. But then it got to the point where he didn't want to do it anymore and they still kept doing it to him. And you're like, I, he became an underdog at that point. And you're like, I want to see him fuck that Ajax guy up. You know? Yeah. Have you seen the uh, photos already doing the rounds of, of the, Ajax being yes. crossed out and Francis putting yeah. it on there? I love, you're right. Those scenes showed Ryan Reynolds can act. Like, yeah, he's made some well, it's, it's, dodgy. You, you know what he was doing in that scene? He was just channeling that one where he was locked in the coffin. Buried. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah. And Buried's a great film, and I he's, what, yeah. he's really good in it. Now, little little bits of tidbits and stuff throughout the film. I love the fact that it was wasn't afraid to make fun of itself and to pretend, or it didn't pretend that movies are infallible. Like you know how it had the action figure of Deadpool from Wolverine with his mouth sewn shut. Yep. Uh, you know fans rightfully so just absolutely hated it ryan reynolds joking about the green lantern like i don't want the suit to be green or animated like those, yeah. you know that one's from the trailer but oh the the, the x-men this house is pretty big what can they only afford two characters or yeah, yeah exactly uh all of that stuff was very very cool that too often i think movies try to pretend that they don't have flaws or they think if we point people if we point the flaws out then no one will come no but it, that it didn't, would, that works because no other movie's really done it before. But if every movie did it, it'd be annoying. Oh, it would be if every movie did it. But I mean, just th- it doesn't have to be done that way. But treating the audience with respect and yep. sophistication yep. is, you know, it, it was refreshing to see all that sort of stuff. And did you notice where the final battle actually took place? As in the location of it? Yeah. No. I am ninety nine point nine percent sure that it was supposed to be the first kind of super ship from the Avengers. That big flying fucking you know yeah boat. Do you want me to Google that and find out whether you're right or not? Please do. Okay then. We'll continue. When I was watching it, that's what I thought it was. There were just a couple little bits where you see some turbines that looked very similar to the thing that like Iron Man had to fucking fly around really fast in to get kick started again. You are I should just Google it, you are hundred percent correct. Boom. It is the shield hel- helicarrier. Yeah. In the final fight scene. So, I thought that, that was pretty cool that, you know, it, again, it's saying, yep, we're still part of this universe. And Well, they make reference that he's in the same universe yeah, as and, X-Men anyway. And the more the different shows branch out, the more they keep doing that. Like, Daredevil sort of keeps referencing the event as, you know, yep. when um, the fucking the space people came down and, yeah, yeah. and blew up New York. Uh, I think there's a couple lighter references to it in Jessica Jones that it's all just sort of happening in the background. And I love that this is another example of that, that this giant behemoth of a ship is just in a scrapyard somewhere now. Yeah. Like, uncared for. It's not like it's under secret, like, secret security or anything like that. It's just, it's just it's there. out there with a bunch of shipping containers. Do you fear that 
because of the success of Deadpool, that other superhero movies are going to try and be like Deadpool from now on? No. No? Well, nah. Wolverine is already. Wolverine 3 has already said it's going to be. It's going to be R-rated. Well, there's nothing wrong with being R-rated, but they're not going to change Break the entire the tone and style and, and suddenly become like Deadpool. How can they make it R-rated? Just by pure violence then? Or? Pretty much. Like, you know, Wolverine's a violent character. Like, he kills people by stabbing them with three blades that come out of his hands. Yeah. I think it's more about just not shying away from what that looks like. Appealing. So, do you feel maybe they'll start appealing to adults more than children? The thing is, you've got to be careful because he, there's merchandise to be made there. Some will and some won't. Like, it's it's... There's always going to be a happy medium, and and I think it just shows them that different properties can be treated differently. You don't need to treat everything the same, which is vitally important because if you do treat everything the same, then you just end up watching the same movie six times a year. Yeah. So uh, you, you need which to I feel find is what we're getting there with superhero movies. Really felt that way for me the last year, and I'm hoping that Batman versus Superman can break that mold a little bit. What do you I What are you know hoping it, it to do? Three things you want from Batman and Superman. I want it Superman. to. Okay. I want it to fix Superman. Superman, <laughs> not I, ruin Batman. <laughs> yeah, look, I think that the from the trailers, it looks like Batman's going to be the most interesting thing in the film. But I'm kind of getting a sense that maybe the public is coming around to worship Superman a little bit, as opposed to that whole "he's an alien, kick him out of here." I've said this before, but for me, Superman needs to be universally loved and worshipped because that's who he is. He's a guy to look up to. He's not a guy to fear or worry about. I get that through Batman and, or, you know, through Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne does fear him and he has that line in the trailer of if there's even a 1% chance that he could be bad, then we have to take that as an absolute certainty. That's really faulty logic, but it'd be fine for me if they channel all of that kind of hatred and fear just through the Bruce Wayne character. And I'm sure there will be maybe, it's that thing that if it gets into the realm where half of the people in, in the world don't like him and half do, it's going to bug me because I like that bit in... We were talking before about Superman Returns. Yeah. Superman Returns is a relatively mediocre, it's middle-of-the-road Superman movie. It's not terrible, but, you know... But it still has that moment where Superman saves the space shuttle and saves Lois Lane, saves the plane, drops the plane in the middle of the ballpark. Everyone's silent. And then as soon as he like opens the door and lets everyone... Well, as soon as he drops it just gently on the ground, the entire ballpark, like 50,000 people, all erupt as one in cheer. Yeah, embrace, yeah. Everyone around the streets of New York are cheering. Everyone in bars are cheering. That's the de- what I, the Death Star exploded. The whole universe yeah, is happy. <laughs> exactly. That's what I want in a Superman film. I want people to see shit happen and just fucking love him because that's how it needs to be. It's how it's always been. The trailer seems to... Be the opposite of that. It seems to be everyone's in fear of him still. And I was like, really? Yeah. Well, part of that, though, is... I, I think, again, part of that is because the trailer very much seems to have been told from Batman's eyes. Yeah, like Batman... You, you're supposed to be on Batman's side yeah. watching it. Uh, yeah. It's been confirmed that part of that trailer, like when he walks up and Superman comes down and unmasks him, that's a dream yep. sequence that Bruce has. That, uh, that doesn't actually happen. But there are well, still... ruins it for me. Like I was a, looking forward to that. It's like a Senate hearing or something. It feels a little bit Iron Man 2 at one point where Superman's there trying to turn in his powers. Like yeah. it's, I hope it doesn't go down that path. I just I want Superman to be more fun. I want Batman to be dark. And rather than have them both be dark, have this be a contrast between light and dark. That will be a f- much more interesting film. I want Superman to have a bit of character and not just be a moody teenager. Yeah, same. And like they, we, we keep saying Christopher Reeve, when he was uh, Clark Kent, amazing. No, fantastic. Hilarious, sweet, lovable. Yeah. And then when he was Superman, still pretty funny. 
like he, you know, he would quip. He would have like this little wry grin and and very deadpan sense of humor, or very dry sense of humor. But he still had a sense of humor about it. Here's the things that I don't want to say. I don't want to say Superman fucking make out in the middle of a fight. <laughs> like that killed me. I don't want Superman to just give up his secret identity thirty seconds into meeting somebody. Yeah. That also really gave me the shits. Yeah. The other thing, you know, the only thing that bugs me about the trailer, what what I'm worried about the most. So, what you've seen and what you think it means. You have Bruce Wayne do that whole, he came here, he brought the fight here, Metropolis was destroyed. And Snyder is saying, this movie is going to be about us, not apologizing, but exploring the ramifications of, yes, because the biggest criticism about Superman 1 is how many billions of people or millions of people would have died, have lost homes or whatever, and there's not anything shown about it yeah. and nothing is even referenced and then he's tried to sort of retro write it i feel and say no no no, we're going to address that in this refix that issue yeah but then you've still got some scenes in the trailer where it looks like all of gotham is getting fucking destroyed yeah. as batman and superman are fighting each other so I, it'll kill me if batman has this whole stance about no 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 destruction no innocence lost and then blows up half of downtown because he didn't decide to you know, lure Superman to Antarctica or something. Well, that's one thing that always does bother me with superhero movies. It's just that, is the amount of destruction that gets caused, yeah. then no one seems to care. Or did you notice in Avengers 2 how many times they tried to get around that? No. It was, so when that whole city's in the sky, I reckon there's about oh, this, 15 yeah, yeah. lines of dialogue of, get all the people on the boats, are all the people on the everybody is off the island. Yeah. Have you got everyone off? <laughs> <laughs> Not a single soul is dying on our watch. <laughs> I was really disappointed with Avengers 2. Yeah, it was... I think it's. I'm, I, I came, not, not I came really. out. I came out thinking. Well, I've seen all that before. Yeah, it was. It was fun, but that was like. Yeah, it wasn't a bad movie, but it didn't show me anything new. It, it didn't. Yeah, it was it, just Avengers One again, just not quite as good. It had some nice moments. It had little bits of comedy, but I haven't gone back and watched it again since the first one. I honestly, I liked Iron Man Three a lot more than I liked Avengers Two. I am really looking forward to the new Captain America to see him fight Iron Man. Yeah, that could be cool. They've done a really good job with the trailer for that. Yeah, he's it, my friend. So was I. Yeah. Anyway, let's leave it at that. We don't want to keep spoiling too much stuff. But yeah, that's a bit of a tease of what we can do with pop culture podcasting. And that was just off the top of our heads. By we the way. have no notes in front of us yeah, whatsoever. And, and it was about a week <laughs> and a half ago that I said so that I saw Deadpool. Yes, it was all off. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you appreciated the uh, top ten moments of Simpsons season two. Love to hear what you guys loved the most about the season two. Not just about the Simpsons, but also mm. about our podcast. Drop us a message on the Facebook page or just send us an email, fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. Keep your questions coming in for the Definitely, mailbag to yeah, fourfingerdiscount yeah. at outlook.com. If you do want to discuss any potential sponsorship or advertising, get some messages through there also to fourfingerdiscount yes, at outlook.com. You can donate to us at fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. If you would like to just throw a couple bucks our way, that's all it takes. Yep. Five, ten bucks here and there. If you've got some spare money, throw it in and we can, like I said, it, it's all going towards hosting. It's going towards making the website better. It's just going towards building us as a better brand part of what doing that can uh, achieve is line up some more interviews now we're, we've got a few little things that we're cooking up uh, and we're really looking forward to in this next season of reviewing bring in some more kind of outside perspective on the show either for people that have been influenced by the show or work directly on the show do you think for example will anderson right first community comes to my head do you think he would want to talk about the simpsons to the in the extent that we do like, really treating it the way we treat it? Or do you think he'll sort of look at it as, as lame? I don't think he would look at it as being I lame. I don't feel lame for doing it, but I don't know whether what other people feel. I think someone like Will, comedy is comedy. And yep. he would love... Like, if you ever hear Will talk about comedy, he can talk for two and a half hours 
easily just on structure and yep. style and, and he can get really in-depth in talking about it. So, I would love to hear a professional's perspective on the way that the show is written. Comedy-wise, yeah. yeah. Um, but but I, I'd like it to be a serious discussion to an extent, not yeah, yeah. not a... Uh, how many jokes can I get in? Everything yeah, no, has to be I, funny. It's a, I, it's a serious, it's a, it's a serious evaluation of the episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to try and reach out to these guys and have it be like an FM interview where it's like, okay, um, you've got five minutes, be as funny as you can. I want yeah. to really discuss what's going on, and I think from a listener perspective, it's going to be more interesting to occasionally hear other people's takes on things. Thanks to Katie Long, by the way, for all the the uh, Twitter. Yeah, so Katie's our booking agent now. She <laughs> she sent about I think twenty one messages to people that have worked on the show or have something to do and with the show. A couple of them have written back to us. A couple which is have replied already. On the subject of Will, actually, I was I was pestering him on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, last night he had um, uh, his show Will Illuminati. Um, he said for anyone interested in seeing Illuminati, it's being broadcast on ABC two at eight thirty. Yep. I didn't see that until ten o'clock, so I replied for four finger discount with a screenshot of Adam West saying. Well, I would have been if I'd seen that tweet when it aired 90 minutes ago. <laughs> Didn't write back? Uh, not yet. <laughs> but he has to eventually. Yes. Make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter. We would really appreciate it. Twitter is going really well this week. Well, mm. last couple of weeks. So, I think it's because we're promoting it a lot. So It's because I've actually logged into it a few times and started you, using it. I'm waking up every morning now and there's just all these emails about tweet notifications. And I was like... Finally. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so please follow us on Twitter. We'd really appreciate it. At Four Finger Pod. Just type Simpsons Podcast. We will come up as well. I think mm-hmm. you can just type into Twitter. But yeah, make sure you do that right now. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Mitch, any final words before we let people go? No, guys. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon here, and I'm off to play golf down the coast. So I'm going to jump back fence to play golf myself. Yeah, nice. <laughs> All right, Ethan. See you guys in season three. See you guys. Shh.